Welcome back to Season 7 of Sunday Night Teacher Talk. This show is a live Q&A show that happens every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for one purpose, to help you be the teacher that you're called to be, the teacher that you always dreamed of being. We recognize that Sundays can be the most stressful day of the week in the education world, so we gather as a community to prepare together for the upcoming week. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody. It's been, it's been, I was just, I thought we only missed one week. We have not been here for two weeks because uh, I got sick and I never, ever, ever get sick, but I got sick and it is what it is. So this is, um, and then last week was Christmas. I hope that everyone had like a really great Christmas break. We were not sure if folks would be here today because it's New Year's Eve. And, but the idea that when I was in the classroom, we would have gone back on Tuesday. Now it was throwing me off a little bit because in New Mexico, our kids don't go back. They have like all next week off. They don't go back and to like the ninth the or ninth something. Or something nuts. So and long. East Coast, East it Coast. was like, I think if they could have brought us back on New Year's Day, they would have brought us back on New Year's Day. But so we are here. The idea, as always, this year, this new year coming up is no different than the last seven or eight years that we've done this. The idea here is to help teachers. It is to serve teachers so that they can show up in school and be the best they can possibly be for themselves and their students. And so the way that we do that is we show up here on Sundays as a community and we help one another out. So I'm answering questions. My wife is helping me with stuff. The there's folks in the chat that are going to be answering your questions or offering advice. If you see someone and you know an answer to what they're going through, or you've been through the same thing, reach out. There's tons of people that even get together outside of this live feed and still connect. So it's all created so that we can try and help folks the best that we possibly can. Um, and I'm I'm sorry that we missed two weeks, but uh, yeah, I got a cold. I have I couldn't tell you the last time I got a cold. I think because I moved to New Mexico, COVID. I got I like COVID was like your. Yeah, that was the last time I missed COVID. anything. So you but you got a cold. Then I got yeah. a cold. Then Brody got a cold. Then Marley <laughs> didn't. You know why? Because she's in public school. And that's that's <laughs> it's that public school immune system um, yeah. that helps people out. So if you have a question, go ahead. Feel free to drop it in the chat. If you help, if you it helps us out, if you're new here. Uh, put a Q or the word question in front of it. If you don't, we'll still probably see it anyway, but it just helps those stand out amongst all the other conversation that's going on in there so we can get to it. So you with ready? that, ready to get I'm started? ready. Hit it. All right. Seth Miller is up first asking, it's a two-parter, uh, asking, I teach a seventh grade rotation class called Healthy Habits with different practical social and emotional health skills. If you were teaching this class, what are some of the topics you would discuss also today marks 365 consecutive days of running what? at least one mile That's yes Yay! thanks for the encouragement of doing something difficult every day man oh. seth i would love to know how that has been for you like what is shoot an email yeah like i'd love to know um so for those of you that don't know in 2019 i ran every single day for a year. And I ran, I think it was four and three days in a row. And then right now I'm in the middle of working out five days a week. Um, so I go to the gym three days a week. And then there's either like a run, a walk or a swim that happens two other days of the week. And Brody and I are in week 41 of that, which is mind boggling to me. And I'll tell it's you impressive. what, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is it does not affect your physique as much as you think it will if you're eating like garbage. And there's a lot of Christmas cookies in here right now. So, uh, and Hershey kisses and all kinds of other crap. So that's, that's the thing. So um, if I was teaching a class such as this, I think one of the things I would talk about Seth is the, the misinformation. So my daughter, when we were still living in Jersey had a health class Um with a guy that was still talking, and there's only some of you that are old enough to remember this, but we're going old school here. When in the 80s and 90s, when they'd have a cereal commercial, they'd say, this is part of your complete breakfast. And there's no way 
a, a fruit loop is part of anyone's complete breakfast, right? So they, but they'd have a picture of like pancakes and eggs and toast and cereal. It's like the eggs are the only good thing in that, in, in there. I think there's, especially amongst, depending on what grade you're teaching and, or like how many athletes you have, there's a lot of bro science out there. There's a lot of TikTok health and wellness science. Some of it's great. I found a guy on TikTok today that walks up to people on the street that are fit and says, hey, listen, I run this TikTok. We look for people that are fit. And I'm just curious, like, what do you do to stay so fit? And then asks them about their their routine of like, what are they doing to work out? What are they doing to, to eat every day? And it's fascinating because these folks are... Um, are like everyone's doing something different and it's people of all walks of life. It's like really young women and older women. It's dudes that I'm like, this guy's my age. And then there's like young fit people. It's, it's all across the, the gamut. And it's really fascinating to kind of see what people are doing. But I, and then I would also look at like, what are your students health and wellness goals? Do any of them have health and wellness goals? And then what are like really easy ways to do that? Because I think we forget when we're dealing with young people, a lot of young people either are making their own like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and they are doing it connected to just price. And they think that health and wellness is, it, it costs too much money, or they are dictated by what their parents are doing, right? So my kids don't make their own food. They eat what we eat. And so they are like... Whether or not they feel healthy is largely determined by what we are deciding to eat each each day. So some of those things I think would play into that as well. Um, and I, I think, yeah, that's kind of where I would go from. And then and then I, I I'm always fascinated by like like things like uh, gosh the what are you looking about at social and emotional wise social emotional I think it's what do your kids want to feel. Hey, here's, here's one of the things I've, I've found Seth, and then I'll, I'll move on to the next question. There are so many people, and I think students included that want to be rich. They want to be successful, but you never hear anyone say like, there's very few kids that talk about wanting to be happy or wanting to have peace in their lives. And I don't think one has to come at the expense of the other, right? I, as a human being like Reynolds, wants to be equal amounts, incredible. I want all the things God has for me and nothing more. But in that, I want peace that passes all understanding. I want everything that I touch um, to, to, be, to be blessed and to be as good as it can possibly be. And so it's helping, I think it's helping kids realize that like in college is that first place maybe that we learn we are at extremes where you're like gaining weight because you're partying all the time and you're not getting enough sleep. And it's like, what would this look like to live this balanced, harmonious lifestyle? That's all I'm shooting for. And, and so I think at least starting that conversation, planting that seed with students is something I talk about. Um, before you jump in the next question, I'm going to tell everyone we are live on Instagram for the first time ever with this, with this, this evening, uh, because it, it just starts. We use a platform called StreamYard. StreamYard Instagram has actually never allowed third party apps to let people go live on Instagram. So, um, we are on Instagram as well. I don't know if questions pop up on there from Instagram, but I see that oh. there's all kinds of action on Instagram. Awesome. So welcome yeah. Instagram. So just so you know, <laughs> that's kind of the gig. Okay. Uh, Scott is up next, um, asking what life giving after work and having young kids at home routine slash decompression things do you like? I, so we're weird. Scott, um, we do weird stuff. And uh, like when I say weird, we're not like collecting toenails, but we. Um, no, that's just gross. Let's say that. Well, yeah, but it's weird too. Yeah, it's more Either gross way, than Either way, we're weird. not doing it. I mean, like <laughs> no hate to the toenail collectors of the world. But um, we do stuff called not so extraordinary adventures. So I found years ago that like my kids and I would go on these adventures. Some of them were just not very good. So if I set the bar super low, then we had a far greater chance of having a, a fun time. And it, and it was like, hey, we thought this was going to kind of like might suck, but it was awesome. So we go on not so extraordinary adventures all the time. 
And some of those are, we do like nature art. I'm really, I got, there was a time that I was really into uh, Andy Goldsworthy. He's worth checking out. He's an artist that doesn't use tools. He doesn't use, uh, he uses found objects in nature and creates art out of them. Introduces to my daughter, loved it. So we'll go out to the woods. We go out to now the desert and we do nature art. We do a lot of, um, I love, and I love going to antique. I love looking for junk and we name everything, right? Just like street art and uh, not so extraordinary adventures. We call this street pirating where we are pirates and it's, this isn't for everyone because it's rated R. Get it? Oh, so did uh, you like that? Uh -huh. So <laughs> we go on these rated R adventures to junk shops and we look around and New Mexico has a ton of them, right? There's so many like antique stores, thrift stores, junk shops. And we look for treasure and do that kind of stuff. Um, we've been playing a lot of games since we've been in New Mexico. I am not a game person. I feel like a senior citizen when I play board games, but the, my wife's whole family's into it. So we've been doing a lot more games. And we just spend time, a lot of time, like outside and create, like making stuff. We make, my daughter makes a lot of weird, amazing, weird is not a negative in our family. She makes a lot of unusual, incredible things like out of cardboard and stuff like that. And we spend a lot of time doing that sort of thing as well. And going to the gym because that's what me and Brody do for That's our primary hangout. I think when the kids were little, though, it was a lot of real simple things like playing with them or just yeah. like anything that was like that is dual purpose that you can kind of relax in but also engage with your kids it's finding that like real fine yep. balance video games like, yeah we had a mud kitchen on the side of our house which was i went junk shopping and i bought a double basin sink i built a really simple frame out of two by fours and put it on it outside and then made a countertop and the kids would just make We'd go to the dollar store and buy like we just would fill it with water from the hose yeah. and like plug the bottom, fill it with water from the hose, and they would just bring dirt over and play with it with like yeah. all kinds of dollar store like kitchen stuff. Yeah, and it was the mud kitchen, and the effort. whole neighborhood loved it, and so and parents loved it because they didn't have to have it in their their yard. Uh, and you just squirt it down at the end of the day. It's super easy. And that was that and was we it. loved it because we could sit in the backyard and have a cup of coffee, and they would like make us stuff and like bring little things over so it kept them really busy but yeah we were still there to like interact with yeah. them i think that that's probably the key it's you know what i find i'll say this last thing scott the same thing with your students i think sometimes i'm not saying you're doing this but i know i have done this you overemphasize the what like what are we doing and not the fact that you're just doing anything just giving young people your undivided attention, listening to what they're talking about and showing that you're listening by responding, sharing something, asking follow-up questions. Like kids love when you are talking about, they're talking about their favorite anime and you're like, well, what time period does this take place in? Or um, how many episodes are there? How did you find this? Can you stream it on regular platforms? It's just asking things of children that show that you're interested in them. And I find that just that sort of attention, whether it's in the desert or in the woods or while you're playing video games with your kids or sitting on the couch watching a movie, it's, it is the fact that you are spending the time. It's not so much the where are you spending the time. And because I would argue that we have spent very little money in comparison to some of our friends on the what we're doing, but we have spent way more time than a lot of people that I know. And yeah. One other thing I just want to mention is you talked about decompression. And I think that is like, man, sometimes you need a minute for you before you enter into all of Thanks. that with little kids. And I know that that I was so eager as a stay at home mom with little kids to like when dad was home to be like, okay, your turn, you know, like just cause I needed a break too, but I learned to like give him the 20 minutes that he needed before he entered into like home and whether that was that's if you're sitting in the bathroom or taking five minutes close the bedroom door and it's like i'm gonna get dressed undressed from work and put in like house clothes or whatever you're gonna wear to like just chill with your kids yeah. but it's like taking that intentional 20 minutes but it's 
talking if you have someone home and you're not the one that's picking kids up from daycare or whatever and having to engage, but maybe it's putting a show on for them for 20 minutes and saying, okay, this is dad's time or mom's time or whatever, yeah. but it's taking the 20 minutes to like, just figure yeah. you out before you jump into all of that. That's a good point. Um, okay. John Fox is up John next. Fox. John Fox said that they call him Johnny Fox though. I don't, I don't want to call him. That's what he said. They call him. I'm just saying. John Fox, if you change your name, I'll call you that. But until then, right. we're going with John Fox. What's the answer? What's the question? Um, I sometimes feel anxious, really anxious and uncomfortable about things in the future that are uncertain and outside of my control. How do I learn to accept things in life that are scary and uncertain? So I'll tell you what, John. I have never dealt with anxiety in my life on any kind of like abnormal. Like, like I've had certain amounts of anxiety, right? You're going to eighth grade dance. You're going to high school for the first time. You're the first person ever to graduate from high school and go to college and your family, those sorts of things I have dealt with. As I've gotten older there, I, there is unreasonable anxiety in my life. Um, driving to Lubbock, Texas the other day and my tire light goes on and I get these irrational fears that we're going to crash the car is going to crash we're going to crash into a ditch like one of my kids is going to live and then have to go into foster care like these are like ridiculous like storylines that play out in my brain when certain things are happening i have to i find that speaking back to them is what helps me the best and so what does that look like to me, that looks like my fears are often coming from a, an older version of me. You're dealing with the old model. You're dealing with kids, CJ, or teenage Reynolds, or young adult, unsure, trying to figure myself out, early 30s Reynolds, not dealing with 47-year-old Reynolds. This model has been upgraded. This model has had a lot of time and energy and input and schooling and self-development done. So sometimes in my brain, my wife and I were just talking about this the other day, I like upgraded me has to go back and talk because y'all are trying to bully the wrong, you're not even bullying the right person. Like if you're good, if my brain's going to try and bully me or if the anxiety is coming at me or if I'm, or if. I'm letting the world speak to, to me. It is, are, are you even right? And so it's that sort of like affirming myself that this is not the me that they're dealing with. And so when I look at the, who I know of you, John, like the stuff you've been through, right? Just the, just the health stuff you've been through you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what you should have. You should have an uncommon amount of, of just confidence. Like the things you've made it through without losing your mind. Um, and I think also thinking about and maybe talking to someone about the effects of some of that journey that you've had and how that has kind of affected who you are. Like I know that undoubtedly, even though it happened, what, how long ago did my mom pass? Was it this year? Oh, 25 years? Yeah. 25 years ago, my mother passed. I still have PTSD over that. There's still certain things when people are sick. I, I, it is like, it takes a lot for me to, to, even when my kids were sick, when they were little, it was very hard because it took care of my mom day and night when she was sick. And so there's, there's a part of going through that, that, that made me tough. And there's a part of that that made me scared. And it's something I've had to work out in therapy and with spiritual directors and, and all my own. But it is when I, I'm just letting you know, John, that like the story that you have told me about what you've been through um, should give you unbelievable amounts of, of confidence because, man, you made it through some stuff that like, man, I hope no one ever has to go through. And so, and I've ne certainly never been through anything like that. And and so I look at you and I, I just think like, gosh, this guy's incredible. Um, I, I, so I think it's, it's both journaling to, or literally talking out, uh, or I think that match with therapy is going to help. 
here's the thing that one last thing I heard the other day. I was listening to um, there's a guy, Peter. What's his? Who's the guy, the health dude that we like? Uh, not Diamantis. Anyway, if I think of it, I'll, I'll say it. Uh, there's a dude that was said that he had really negative self-talk. So that was that was his thing. And I, but I think this is transferable, this, this practice. He talked to his therapist about it. He said, I berate myself on a level of where I'm not just saying I'm stupid or dumb or worthless. It's really bad every time I don't do something to a level of excellence. And so his therapist said, would you talk to your best friend like that? And he said, no, I wouldn't talk to anybody the way that I talk to myself. So he said, here's what I want you to do. Every single time this happens for the foreseeable future, I want you to call me or you can just create a voice memo on your phone and act as if you're calling your friend. Your friend did the thing that you did and I want you to talk to them the way you would talk to them if someone else was doing this. He said two to three to four times a day he did this for a, over a course of about four months. And every day he would make the voicemail memo or he would call his therapist and just leave a voicemail there. And have the conversation. And it started changing his internal dialogue to the point where in about four months, he just didn't do it anymore. He didn't have that negative self-talk. And man, that hit me like a ton of bricks because it, it sounds like it takes a lot of work, but but choose your heart, right? Like, do I want the difficult task of doing this practice or do I want the difficult task of forever de like demoralizing myself and degrading myself? Um, that, that is just food for thought. And I thought that was really fascinating the other day when I read that or heard it. Uh, one of the things I do with our daughter, Peter Atiyah oh, said it on the modern wisdom there. podcast. Yeah. He said it in there. That's a new Peter podcast I'm, I found and am fascinated by. Uh, one of the things I do for anxiety with my daughter, um, is remind her of when she's feeling, when that really kicks up. We talk about like the track record, whatever it is that she's feeling anxious about, the we look backwards because looking forward is certainly anxious. Like I get anxious yep. when I think about the future and all the unknowns and all the things. So I have to stop myself and I look backwards and I do this with my daughter too. And we look backwards <coughs> and go, okay, did this work out? And did this work out? And did this work out? We didn't know that they were going to work out, but like yep. all the things that you were anxious of never really came to fruition. And if they did, they still worked out in our favor and for us, yep. not against us. And so it's a lot of that. I think it's just a lot of like, like even the thing with Peter Atia, it's like, you have to like train your mind and your brain. And I, that's really hard. But I think that that's, that's the key to get getting Facts. over it. Like you said, choose your heart. That but track I think record looking is... backwards at the track record of like, we and, have to say that to one another. Yeah, often like, Show me a time when God didn't show up. Yeah. So and if and if you can't place it yet, then you, yeah. Like sometimes it hasn't been revealed to you yet, but like that that track record piece is huge yeah. for us. And so it's reminding ourselves that also it's like, nope, those are just feelings and emotions, and it's okay that they're there. Yeah. Like, but we have to remember the track record, which then gives us the courage to go forward. Facts. Um, okay, Chris Carson is up next, our buddy, asking at this time next year, I will be retiring. Uh, that's awesome and exciting. Um, I will be going back to school to sub and volunteering most days of the week. So I'm really just retiring from paperwork. Nice. Ideas, thoughts, suggestions. So, Chris, that is so fascinating to me. Um, and congratulations to you, man. To me, um, that's such a young age to be retired. Uh, and it's funny, I to to finish teaching in the classroom, I had it. I had actually retired and talk about this. I had to go to the meetings, the pension meetings and stuff like that. And it was me and like a bunch of 80 year olds in a room. And I kept getting the eye of like, are you, like, what is this guy doing here? I just told him I aged very well. So um, I think it's Chris, like thinking about, well, what do you want to do? Like, what is your, here's, here's what I'm, I have grown into even at, my age now, right? I, it is, what do I want my ideal life to look like? Like from day to day, what am I doing? And so I, this, this year in 2024, one of my new initiatives, I love new year's resolutions. Um, and 
I, I have a fairly good track record with keeping them. I think that's probably why I like it so much. I like that. I like the goal and I like reverse engineering the goal and then going after it. So one of my resolutions for this year is to, instead of think of my year, like what do I want to accomplish this year? What do I want to do this year? What do I, how do I want to like grow this year? It is what would my ideal month look like? And that's probably even a little bigger than I should be going. I should be looking at like weeks and days and I think I'll get there, but I wrote it out. I just printed out a calendar online and free, like it's like timeanddate.com and print out the calendar and then wrote out like how much content would I put out? How many meetings would I be doing? How many brand deals would I have? How many speaking engagements would I have? What would I do with my, if I plan out my month with my kids, um, what would I feel good about? So like each night, are we watching a movie or playing a game or doing a puzzle or going street pirating or how many not so extraordinary adventures would we go on? Like what would make me feel good about this month to get to February and feel like, yo, like really did a great job the first month of January. That is something I'm thinking about. And I think that would be interesting for you to do as well. Like with this time opening up, like how much are you volunteering? How much are you subbing? Uh, are you just subbing at your school? Are you subbing at other schools and trying that out too? Like what are you and your wife doing with this like new time that is open? Are you spending more time with your granddaughter or your grand dog? Or, you know, what are some of those things looking like that you would that would make you feel like, no, this was a, this was a, like a really good month or a really good year, a really good week. And then making sure that stuff's on your calendar. So yeah, Man, I, I, it's the planning out that is so important to me this year. Like we've talked about even every, at least once a month doing like a family, not so extraordinary adventure that we wouldn't have done otherwise. One, just once a month. That's it. I know it doesn't need, when you really put it like that, it's not that hard, but when you're in the middle of your month and it's so busy and you've got a to-do list in your mind and you try and fit it in there, yeah. it's like, where are you going to fit it in? It feels very yeah. hectic and chaotic. I really want to do two a month, but okay. we'll start with one a month. Uh, uh, Chris, I would say also for, if you're volunteering in school, it's like, I would really think about what do you want? Like, what do you what would be awesome? What would make your school awesome? What would be not even making your school awesome, but like, what would be really awesome for your students? What is, where is there a hole that is, that you can fill for your kids, for your students that <coughs> is lacking now that you couldn't get to because you're teaching because you're busy teaching. Yes. It's like, can you do something in that area? Cause that, um, John Lopez said that he had somebody knew somebody in his family that retired. And one of their things that they talked about was finding a purpose. And I think that that's really true. And I think that's true for whether you're retired, whether you work from home, you're a stay at home mom, when you don't have that job to go to, you can really feel like you're floating and you have all the possibilities, but yeah. that can be really debilitating too. So I would find like, what is it specifically in your school without letting, cause I'm sure they'll keep you busy. If you want to volunteer your time, they could keep you really busy, but it's like, what do you see in but need or an area? You have a lot more control, choose. but you can develop programs or things or like, you could really do something kind can of awesome guess and special. One thing that I would do if I had that position. Because this is what I'm going to share with John. No, I can't because I mean we, we talk about a ton of stuff. So I can't. Don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Let's see if I if um, I get it right. I have something in my mind. but I think even when you go to Walmart, whether at Walmart or you're at the best restaurant in the world, there is someone to greet you. There is someone to welcome you into the space and let you feel seen. Now, whether or not the person, the, you know, 80 year old woman at Walmart front store greeter does a good job or not. That's neither here nor there, but I think schools do an abysmal job of welcoming people in. Yes. And so it often feels like you're entering a prison instead of a learning establishment. And so having a place where grandma, grandma, mom, dad, sisters, brothers can sit. Can we, I, I'm going, we're going full tilt on this. Can I offer you a water? Is there are there pictures of the th amazing things we do in the school that are on the wall? Because you can get those done at printed out at Walgreens for like 15 cents when you get them on sale and get a dollar store frame, stick it to the wall, and there's awesomeness all around you. So that kind of is like what I was thinking. I, I was gonna say you would be the, like the chief I would heart be operator the concierge officer. of a school. 
But what's the other thing that you used to call it? Chief heart officer. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what you would do is like check in with people, make people feel welcome and love. Your job is just to love people. That's Mm -hmm. it. You walk around school, checking in on kids, making sure teachers are seen, making sure you need some copies. Oh, you need an extra one. I got you. Mm -hmm. Right. All you're doing is you, your job is to spread joy and love unexpectedly all day long. It's, so a, it's the, a dream job. In the comments, he says, uh, I do that every morning and I want to continue that. I want to spend more time encouraging students. Yeah. yeah. So I think like figure something out, like make sure that when you're volunteering, it really meets that your, heart, your core need. Yeah. yeah. As well. Um, okay. Tommy, Educational concierge. Bam. New job. You just made that dream title job. up. Awesome. Okay, John Fox, uh, up again. This is a good one. Uh, asking, Hit do it. you think that the next generation of students and kids are going to have pretty much the same challenges that have been around for a while? Or do you predict that they're going to be uniquely challenged by something new like technology, AI, social media? I mean, look, Gary V talks about this a lot, where he says, you know, folks are really up in arms about like AI taking over jobs. But do we think about things like the people that made carriages or that raised horses and sold them? That was a huge business until the car came out, right? And it just switched, right? The people that made gas lamps, probably that's ball in business probably at some point. And then the electric light bulb comes out. There's always going to be something that's new, something that grows. I mean, I certainly know that folks don't have jobs that like when my dad was coming up i mean you he worked at for mobile oil and that was a job you got when you were 17 18 years old when you graduated from high school and you were going to retire from it's just what you did you didn't have a side hustle that's just what that was your 40 hours 50 hours of work a week whatever it was that those standards are changing but the thing i don't think ever changes john is helping young people figure out who they are what they're about what they care about and what they are meant to do in the world and it is an it is an awfully big privilege to do something you're meant to do right as as opposed to like my dad worked at an oil refinery cuz that's what you did right his dad did it and so he got a job there his best friend got a job there like that's just what you did that there are communities in which if you grow up in the, whether it's the oil industry, whether it's a coal mine, like you take the job that you can get and it's not so much getting the job that you want. So when we are dealing with students that live at, are living out of that privilege of being able to do the thing that you really believe that like God gave you to do, then it is helping young people navigate. Because I'll tell you in the world of the internet, options are vast. And it is, it is for the very same reason, John, that I am so thankful that things like Pinterest did not exist when I got married because I think we'd still be planning the wedding. Oh, my gosh, um, yes. It, it's, <laughs> I think the same thing for kids now. There's so many options. It's introducing kids to those options. It's getting kids to know who they are, what they're good at, what their skills are, what their strengths are, what they could do in the world to make it a better place, and then helping them navigate those spaces I don't think that's ever changed. It's like, even when you were working in a coal mine, like, I don't, I think that folks were thinking like, well, what could I, you know, maybe you're the Rudy of your neighborhood and you're like, I think I could play football for Notre Dame. Like it's helping kids navigate those spaces because I think there is this overwhelming amount of stuff you could do, but how are you going to develop to be able to do the thing that you're given to do? Man, though, I think, though, with all of that, the technology, the AI, social media, social media in particular, I think can be really damaging to young people and to uh, adults like that are still kind of like without kids or just younger, younger adults. I'll say I think it can be really damaging. It can create such like if you have nobody in your (laughs) ear teaching you about how to use social media and you just are consumed by it and let it wash over you, it can really, really damage. And I think that you're going to see more and more people a a rise of the damaging effects of that because they just don't navigate it in a healthy way if you're not really taught that. Or you're not, or you're not using, I don't, I like the social media that I consume 
a lot of it is about putting in work. It is about doing the work. It is, but you've taught your algorithm to find those yes. sort of things. There's so for as much it's, great, there's the dark side of the internet, which is kids want to start a YouTube channel, but everybody wants a million followers right now. Yeah. Like they don't know how to, it's it's being able to work for it. And and I'm not saying I was any different when I was younger. Like when I was playing drums, I just wanted to be the best drummer now. Sure. I think those are just some and, natural or you want to be the greatest teacher. You wanna you wanna be a second year teacher that that rolls like a 30 year veteran. Yeah. And I think that there's ways to fast track that. I think that you don't have to have all the pitfalls and mistakes sure. and you can, and that's what we do with this channel. But like there is a level of work that has to go into it and being mindful of the type of social media that you're following. That's not promising, get rich, get fast, get fit, quick schemes. And I think it's, is somebody for children specifically, it, are people teaching, is someone there teaching you how to use social media, use and, social media, right. And not let it use yeah. you, but that's what I'm talking about. So if it's using you and you just let it wash over you, I do think it's going to bring up new challenges, more anxiety, depression. You're looking at people, you're living life through a lens, through a through a screen it's you know are you mindful of the things that you're looking at because algorithms are out there and they're just going to keep feeding you more yeah. of it which is bad for your mental health like we have a 16 year old who just got a phone and we a lot about that it's like watch what you look at because the algorithm knows and then you're just going to get that kind of crap like, yeah like that time i watched someone shear a sheep and now they just <laughs> think i want to watch all kinds of kooky stuff out there but true story but yeah it's so i think to that end it is helping young people to develop confidence. Yeah. Like, well, I don't think we focus on confidence at all Agreed. as educators and it like, or as institutions, I won't say educators as institutions, we do not focus on confidence and helping young people be confident in who they are and who they're growing into. Um, so that when that stuff comes up, I know who I am. I know what I'm about. But that's knowing self-awareness. It's social emotional. Like to me, that's like, yeah, those are main core yeah. development things for children. Uh, okay. Hit Miss it. L is up next asking, hey, CJ and not so secret wife. Hello, please, Miss L. Can you update me on the last three to four months of your life? A quick summary and key takeaways slash aspirations. Last I heard you say you were about to move. We did move. We, uh, move. we now live in the desert in New Mexico. And I will say that it is one of the best decisions I've made or we've made, I think, as a family in our adult lives. Like it mm -hmm. is um, here. The, the short of it is praying for a specific type of life that I won't go too far into because I don't know how interested everyone is, but like. Um, whether that is quiet. We live in the city. Fights in front of my house. You know, I had talked about in a video, and I don't mean to be callous about this. I'm just being quick. I talked about in, in my video about us moving. Um, and I got some, I got some a few negative comments, like some, but some really mean comments uh from folks that were like, I was saying like my kids are being exposed to stuff I didn't want them to be exposed to. Um, and we so that was interpreted as something from people, but what they didn't know, and I'm again, being quick, not callous. My daughter saw someone having oral sex on the side of the street in the city. My, both my kids saw someone having sex at the park, right? In broad daylight, like a Saturday afternoon, normal, like, but it's the city. Uh, my son found someone that OD'd in front of my house and came you in and had to get Um, And so that stuff over time, wanted to get away from. I want it dark at night. I want it quiet. I wanted a bigger yard. I wanted a nice, like a, a, a different, a bigger house really. So that my office could have its own room, stuff like that. Right. Um, and when I tell you this move has provided just about every single prayer has been answered by moving here, just about, um, it's been incredible. So our kids are in schools that they, my daughter likes. My son is in a school that he cannot wait to go back to. After he's, he is upset that he has another week off of Christmas break. Break is too right? long for him. Um, 
we just are near more family. We are are surrounded by love and so to say is the place that we landed the place that we thought that we would be? Absolutely not. But for us, I think in short, it's been that we have always followed God in all that we do, and this has been like I just in our lives, it's like God's plan is the best plan for our lives. Like I couldn't have answered all the questions with this move. So it's been really wonderful because it's answered a lot of prayers of wants and desires and things that we didn't even know that we wanted that um, have shown up while we're here. So we're still adjusting. Like, you know, technically we've only been here, what, uh, three months? Yeah, we have no friends. No, we've been Um, here three months and in every month there's been like, a holiday in it like halloween's big for our family and then you had november and december and it's so it's been a whirlwind and we're still adjusting and getting yeah. used to things but it's been a really wonderful transition and we're really pleased with life right now yeah by and large yep um so that's kind of what we that, that's about it that's about our big update yeah all right, John Fox is up next. John, I appreciate all these questions. Yes. Like you said, if it was a small crew, you were going to come in with all the questions. Hit it, Fox. I love. Johnny Fox, hit uh, it. He's saying, tonight you have to cook a dinner for the President of the United States. Only one course, and you only have an hour to prepare. What do you make, and how do you do it? John, there's <laughs> a little something we do called takeout. And um, you well, call No, that's number. what you would do. I would not make anything. Okay. You wouldn't even know how to answer that question, which is no, which is why I would be ordering. If you were making something, I'm sure it would be magical. If I had one hour and only one course, man, I would make red chili. We love red chili. Like, and then if you make it into a Frito pie, like it's so basic, but it's so delicious and we love it here. We have eaten. Like it's your family's Mexican roots mixed with our geographical location. We have we consume an enormous amount of of Mexican food now. Um, yeah, red chili. That would probably be, that, which seems so basic, but like. It's but the chili so here good. is next level. Yeah, like the chili. The actual chili powder good. is not east. You can't get this on the east coast. No, it's just never could. It's those New Mexican. What is it? The t- peppers. Everyone talks no, about. But that's green chili. I'm talking about red chili. All right. But they have a whole festival here for peppers. I don't know. The largest pepper in the world exists here. I'm going to go see it this summer. Oh, yeah. I love I love seeing those things. Cool. Anything else? Yeah. John Fox is up again. Hit it. And says, if you have a big life decision and your pro-con list and rational mind tells you one thing, but your gut tells you something else, do you always go with your gut or yes. how do you solve this? John, I have learned your gut knows everything. Like... I, of course, look at the data. I, we measure it out. I, the older I get, the more I love things like analytics and data, uh, cause the numbers don't lie. But for me, especially being a person of faith, if I feel God pushing us a certain way or like, not that I'm like the leader here, but if that, if one of us says, I really feel God moving us this way. It's a foregone conclusion is just what we do. Um, But I'll tell you what, it's never, I've never had something not work out that I knew if I followed my gut and, and I never regret it either. So yes. Man, we're getting some fun people up in these comments right now. (laughs) In just in general or on Instagram? No, on YouTube. Oh, well, because it's, we're the only thing probably live on New Year's Eve. Right. (laughs) All kinds of there's like low competition right now. If you go to the what's live and trending, probably okay. Um, cool. uh, let's else? go to Gian. He's asking, Do you see sweeping nationwide reform happening in education over the next five to ten years? No, away from standardized testing, not at all. You don't, no, it's a moneymaker and it costs too much money. And it takes it, it would take some sad, face. some real <laughs> thought. If and people true. really getting honest and it would take educators making educational policy change. And instead we have people that aren't educators making decisions about education. So I don't think that that happens. Yeah, do you want I'm me sorry. to sing a song? Or? No, I'm busy <laughs> trying to deal with these people in the comments. Um, Getting spammers. 
So, all right, here we go. Thanks. Hit it. Uh, going back to dysregulated educators asking, going back awesome. to social media, do yeah. you think that um, do you think that you can give new teachers a false of sense of reality in the classroom? Yes, uh, because everything looks so easy. And one of the things, so here's, I'll tell you one of these things. We have, I try to be thoughtful. Like, so when you're creating YouTube content, you, there's a part, part of it is a game you got to play, right? You got to play to the algorithm. Otherwise nothing's getting out there. And it doesn't mean you're trying to get millions of views, but it won't even let your subscribers know what you're doing. If your video doesn't do well, almost instantaneously, then your subscribers have to actively look for you. It will not throw it up on their home screen. So there's a part of a game. So one of those games is um, how you make your thumbnail, what you name your stuff. And I never have tried to play the game of like doing like, uh, like what do they call it? Like clickbait, right? No, but there are things like four easy ways to do this, five ways to not do this. And I do that quite often in my YouTube videos. But I try not to make it sound like if you just do these four things, then you're going to win, right? They are simply four ways that are going to move the needle in the direction that of which you desire. However, I do think that, and, and, I, and I know this because I get a lot of emails and I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one mentoring with teachers, that there's this sense of like, if I just do this, then I'm going to win this year. I'm going to have next year is going to be cake. And I think that there is a level at which if you do these things, I, I'm telling you that we're we're good, we're doing workshops and I'm not going to get too into this right now. We are doing workshops January to May for the rest of the year, one a month um, that are going to be paid workshops for educators. They'll get announced this week or, or the following week. Either way, um, they I guarantee if you do what I'm telling you to do you will find success. Now, what I'm not telling you is that you'll be the greatest teacher of all time. You're not going to win teacher of the year. You're not going to be the best you can be because there's other work that goes into that. But I'm telling you that you will be better for doing what we what these workshops that I'm going to teach will do than you will be otherwise. And so I do think that Instagram, and I, but I also, so I do think Instagram gives people a false tip. But here's the other thing though. I Instagram and I will I can say this with a hundred percent confidence because I know so many people. A lot of people are lying. A lot of folks that we follow on Instagram are just lying that they they have these ideal looking classrooms, but they are deeply unhappy. That they are just as confused as the rest of us sometimes. That not every day is the best day of their life, and so. But being a good teacher is learning how to teach through some of those days as well. It's having an argument with your spouse on your way out the door and then trying not to take it out on your students. It's being really, really mad that admin added five new kids. So now you don't even have enough desks in your classroom to teach these students in a class that was already overcrowded and still trying to show up for kids. So it's, it's meeting these challenges and still trying to do, despite the circumstances, the best job you possibly can do. And I think that th that gets looked over on social media. And it's like, and I know that because I know folks. So um, yeah, I wish people would speak more to that kind of stuff and be like, this was the best day ever, but I'm not having the best year ever. Well, because... <laughs> talking about social, emotional, and mental health is just never like, it's not sexy. It's not. And that is a lot of what we classroom transformations do. And I know that because that's the, the content we make, stuff, right? It's right? like, and, and, and I know if I put out certain videos, I know they do well, but I don't feel that that's my calling. Um, and so that goes back to that gut piece. Um, someone said in our chat that that we're banning everybody. It's not. If you're in the chat, you can see on YouTube, it's a ton of inappropriate comments uh, that are just someone is spamming our channel and just having oh, fun yeah. with us. So that's why the moderator is in there. It looks like they're just yeah. like but it's banning a lot, everybody, but they're not. They're banning people who are like there a lot of times to just it's, cause havoc. Yeah. It, it's like the people, it's the worship state. Just so you people. know. 
that come in or the no this is all about fecal matter oh yeah see someone so says, if you have a real question about poop you can ask i don't have a lot of information but um <laughs> if you're just saying things about poop then we will you know, they're saying more than that but you don't want to see that which is why we're getting rid of it okay connor scott is up next asking i will be student teaching in an eighth grade yes. math class in the spring what is your advice for integrating myself into the school's culture and building relationships with staff oh. at the school. Connor, first of all, I hope you have the greatest student teaching experience ever. Um, I had Mine was wonderful. And I think in retrospect, part of the reason I had such an, like wonderful on a level, Connor, that I still keep up with those students that are like now full on adults and married and with children and stuff like that, still keep up with them because of the connections I made and the way that I was able and this wasn't all on me either. Like my cooperating teacher helped usher me into things and helped me put things in place. And he put things in place that helped me to like, to really start getting traction quickly. And so one of those was you have to meet kids where they are. Do not wait for kids to come to you and, and want to build a relationship with you. You have to show up and Talk to me about your shirt. Talk to me about your sneaks. Talk to me about your life. Talk to me about uh, like, what are you listening to right now? What are y'all watching? What's, what's, what is fascinating in your world? And it is, uh, it is me asking more than I'm telling. It's, it's so no one care. The kids don't care about me, right? Kids don't know, care about what you know until they know that you care. So it has to start with me showing up and just Showing love by showing interest. That's huge. Going to basketball games, going, getting involved in something. So like I was heavily involved, um, even though I didn't grow up doing plays and stuff. I did one play at the Morristown Mall in New Jersey uh, in the sixth grade. And that was awesome. But that felt like I, I felt like I got, that was the top of my career. So I moved on. Um, so I got heavily involved in the drama department and especially with like, uh, with building sets and stuff like that. So every day after school, that's where I was. I would show up on Saturdays oftentimes, help build sets, paint things, connect with kids. It's the showing up. It's the being, it is this idea that we gravitate towards the things we are the most familiar with, right? So I'll say it again. We as human beings gravitate towards the things we're the most familiar with. So if we're, so because we're so routine and habit driven, if you show up a lot in kids' lives, kids, you become normal to them or a normal part of their rhythm, and then they will show up when they need things from you, whether that is help in life or in education. Um, the other thing is don't, I, it is, if you see a need, meet it. Don't wait for someone else. You don't have to tell someone else. If you see a kid crying, if you see someone struggling with their math, if you see someone um, that needs help with anything, show up and try and meet those needs. Like be an active participant in that school. Like you work there because the fact of the matter is Connor, is that you don't know if there's going to be an opening at that school that there might be a job waiting for you because you showed up and you were so, you were so visible. You were such an active and willing participant of all that was going on in this institution that there might be a job there or someone else might they might say like, yo, we don't have any openings, but we had, I, my buddy runs a school also, and we think you'd be a great fit over there. So it's really just showing up um, and not waiting. Here's the thing. Don't wait to be the teacher that your students need you to be. Try stuff. Be like, take chances. Uh, what's the worst thing that's going to go wrong, right? You're not going to catch on fire. So just showing up and being the teacher that you always wished you or the teacher you always wanted to be, the teacher you always wished that you had when you were younger, the teacher that you're called to be, do it now and have fun doing it. Surprise. Oh, surprise. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't listen to that. Oh, gosh, now I'm hitting wrong Sorry. buttons. Nope, there you go. Okay. Um, you're multi there's a lot of multi, but people can't see. There, there, there is, is an enormous amount of multitasking going on over here so uh, when I'm doing this. Um. All right, Instagram is going to kick us off in six minutes. All right, well, we got six minutes to go. Hit it. Um, I'm trying to find one because now this does not delete all that other stuff. Oh, you're dealing with nonsense. Yeah. We got adults on here. I mean, if it's not like they're going to, it's not like spammers are going to like uh, 
like make anyone want to do it. Um, I'm sorry. I'm trying to find an actual question in here. Um, so, and it's also us trying to do is uh, well, like is no Tracy's in Tracy's there, but in there. The, then people are hollering at her for being a bad moderator, which Tracy, isn't true. Listen, Tracy's awesome. I tell you right now, Tracy's awesome. Thank you for all your help. And if something gets banned, then it shouldn't have been like, sorry, but we are a small operation trying to do the best that we can here. We are. I'm not sure that we have any questions because right. there's lots of other stuff happening in there. <laughs> That's completely fine. Um, look, if you got banned and you weren't, send me a DM. Let me know. And I'd be happy to uh, to apologize and and know your profile and then make sure that that do our best that that doesn't happen again. Our job here, our feeling is that we're trying to help work as a community of educators to help one another get ready. Um, and sometimes you do a really great job with that. And sometimes it's a struggle and you could have done a better job. Uh, but this isn't, we're also on a new platform this, this week. And so for those of you trying to help, whether it's John or Tracy or Chris or Steph or Maisha or whoever else is in there trying to help with that, I really appreciate it. And for those of you that we unknowingly dissed, we apologize. Yes, Sarah um, in particular, I'm sorry if you can put your husband's question in, we can certainly answer it for you. But absolutely. we have one more real fast we're going to uh, take from John. Please. John is saying, first year teacher in seventh grade. I was a long-term sub last year for eighth grade, and I remember the day back from winter break was a struggle with behaviors. Yes. I want to combat that this year. Thoughts? I th One of the ways I think that that works best, John, is when you're when we go in knowing where behaviors are coming from. So if we go in knowing that it's not just kids being bad, it's not just kids acting up. It has nothing to do with you, but that winter break is not the blessing is not the, the place of peace that a lot of us attribute, right? Like it's the most wonderful time of the year. Not really for everybody, right? If you, if your parents are divorced and you have to spend time in both houses, if you come from a very unsettled environment and, and home is not a place of peace and joy and relaxation, that that much time off with your stepdad um, is, is not good. Kids that come from abusive families, kids that come from, you know, they didn't get anything for Christmas. And so now they're acting out of that trauma, of that pain. We have to be mindful that that's where a lot of these behaviors come from. So I think going back, is running a very tight ship. It is, um, you know, things like I talk about in videos where I talk about like four classroom management mistakes or how to start your class like a boss. Starting your class like a boss has everything to do with letting students know what we're doing today, starting in this very specific manner. Um, it is, it's running things in short form when we go back so that like no task is taking very, very long. So kids don't have a lot of time to do it. We, there's not a lot of time for slacking off. There's not time when kids like run out of stuff to do. And then like they're acting up when we start running things like that. I think that that helps. I think also meeting kids with an enormous amount of love when they come back, showing an incredible amount of interest. And I'm so thrilled guys. I like, too many teachers, I think, show up, and I know it's because I've seen it for years, lamenting the day back from break. And although you might be lamenting, show up like you care, act, right? Like I I never, like having off for two weeks with my kids was amazing for me. I loved it. It broke my heart the first day. It was like heartbreaking, just like the first day back from, from summer break. It's heartbreaking for me not to see my kids, but showing up and at least acting the part of like, yo, I'm so thrilled to see y'all. Like, I, I want to hear about everything you did. I come in and eat lunch with me. I'm going to hear what you, what you did, what you got, what you experienced. Like, I just want to like talk to you and, and get all the information. That's how I'm showing up in the school. Like an explosion of joy that is overwhelmingly excited that you're back. But I am going to run class like this so we can find success. And then that's how I'm kind of going into it. It's trying to muster up the excitement of being back. And I think that that meets a lot of behaviors and then strong classroom management, strong 
um, rhythms and policies and procedures and systems are going to be what get you into the thing. Not a flashy, like I wouldn't try to do something new and crazy and fun and out of the box. And, Whoa, we're doing all this crazy new stuff. Help them find the rhythm. A lot of those kids that are exhibiting those behaviors, they're acting out of their trauma and out of their hurt and out of their pain. They are suffering from a lack of the rhythm. Bring them back. Bring back the consistency. Bring back the rhythm. Help them get back in, into touch in school and meet them with love. That's what I would do. All right. I think that's great. Cool. All right, gang. Uh, again, I hope that this was uh, this was great for you. If you need anything from us, you can go over to the Facebook uh, group and hit us up. You can feel free to email me. Um, if you're looking for mentoring, that is something that you can hit us up about as well and uh, get one-on-one -on -one mentoring if that's what you're looking forward to. And like I said, you're going to hear soon about workshops that we have coming out that are uh, through now, now through the end of the school year. We're just trying to meet needs, trying to help people out in ways that we're hearing that they need it. And that's it, gang. We will see you next week. Uh, regular time and channel. Please. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong camera. I should be looking over here the whole time. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, there's that. Peace. <laughs>